0: To moderate southwesterly winds tending southeasterly tomorrow fine in melbourne tonight with early drizzle patches tomorrow then fine and becoming sunny a top of 23 degrees abc news you're with terry Laidler on victorian regional radio and the sound of melbourne 774 3 lo
1: have your company and i hope you'll stay with us through till 10 o'clock this evening terry laidler with you until then and- In our I Heard It on the Wireless spot, Clark Sinclair will be looking at the life and times of one Peter Evans. In our venue shows and events spot at around about half past nine, Jane Clark will look at preparations for West Side Story and Hepburn Spa as a tourist destination, as well as having her regular Who Am I quiz and another episode of our book reading, The Ancient Solitary Rain by Martin Hocker at 10 minutes to 10.
0: Later tonight, after Terry Laidler and Australia Tonight, George Tony past 10. This day, 41 years ago, the first 3D movie opened in New York, want Devil. The trivia Challenge and Rod Quinn in Living Stereo Colour Radio tonight, looking for questions on TV, music, sport, history or politics. You set the agenda. A complete rundown of magazine features in your Saturday papers and Terry Hughes from New York. Your evening's listening on Victorian Regional Radio and the sound of Melbourne 774-3-L-O.
2: Clark Sinclair, hi. Hello, Terry. Hello. Oh, you're right, aren't you? Uh, Hello, Clark. I mean, hello, Terry. Hello. uh, You're Clark. (laughs) I'm Terry. How are you? (laughs) No, <laughs> you just shocked me, actually, because Terry was explaining about our new microphones here at 3 and uh, uh, frightened hell out of myself. They're a bit
1: more potent than the older ones, they, aren't they?
2: certainly are. They're excellent, though, aren't they? We're trying them out for the new building, oh, where we'll I be see. by about September this year or something. Yes, I believe September is the thing. I believe RA, Radio Australia, get there in June or something.
1: Yeah, it's a staggered move, the orchestra and some Does
2: management. Does that mean we all stagger over there, or do you <laughs> <I> think we <laughs> might? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Terry, as you said, tonight we're talking about Peter Evans.
3: I've always been a rover Summer and winter too Wandering the wide world over tramping my whole life through But when I start my journey at the dawn of another day, I give a hand to comrades, hands of the great highway. So long to you, got to be on the road again. So long to you, got to hitch up my load again. It's been great to meet you here, right good company and right good. anyone like to come with me a wanderer's life is free i can say night and day nothing ever worries me that's um 19 past, come in come in come in come in 19 past seven the time i mentioned your oh stop it i mentioned your pink shoes didn't i your shocking pink shoes at least you wouldn't notice it if you were overcome at the Christmas party or something. Librarians make novel lovers. Good heavens. Jean is a novel lover. Never quite imagined you as a novel lover, do you? The listener's husband plays cribbage. Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights. <laughs> no wonder she's listening to me. <laughs> also, a few calls... I miss you disgust with Terry, yes. Well, I mean, Terry's last morning this morning. I hope he comes in and doesn't funk it, otherwise he miss out on these mince pies. Well, say, if he thinks I'm gonna chase after him with those mince pies, he's very wrong. Uh, Jean has got enough trouble already keeping her mince pies off the mince pies. <laughs> What's this? Another lesson said that... ...Portish should run one-tie for Terry's farewell. What? I felt that you should have
4: honoured
3: the occasion by wearing a tie. Wearing a tie? Or perhaps next. Friday. For Terry's fair, <laughs> perhaps next Friday he won't be here next Friday. The the Saint Patrick's Choir, Melbourne, just a fidelis in the Latin. Yes, if we can get it. No, well, I don't know. Jean's the one who finds all these things. I've given her a list of all the stuff that for Christmas Eve program, actually she have, you know, the ladies in the record will have a fit, so I said to Jean, well, don't ask them, do it yourself, you know, but uh, she never thought of that. Um, we'll meet again. not know where, don't know when. I must mention once again, because she's on my back all the time, this thing in Brighton. God, you'd think the earth was coming to an end, wouldn't you? I mean, it's only a cooking demonstration after all. But I'd love to see the three of those mobile kitchen. Is it like a little privy they tow behind the caravan? A big Meccano set. set. Oh, well, that's a good idea. I've often thought they should do houses like that. In fact, there is a type of scaffolding which is very much like a Meccano set, isn't there? Uh, Mary Adams. I hope she's all right again, is she? She wasn't feeling the best yesterday. But she'll be OK today, I hope. We're not broadcasting it, unfortunately, because uh, our top broadcast parliament's on today, right through. So we have to make do with a local thing, but Paula will love it, because it's at Church Street, Brighton. And there'll be all the Rolls-Royces and Bentleys lined up outside with... Oh, sorry, Holdens. <laughs> I got the wrong cars. Aston Martins
2: sorry I <gasps> mm. Peter Evans at his best unmistakably shall that's uh, <laughs> a grab as you heard from breakfast coming up leading up to christmas and was that
1: when terry lane got the um, uh, the, the
2: the marching orders oh <laughs> Was te- that's what he was talking about, was it? Terry Lyons leaving. Yeah, Terry was leaving, and that was his last day, which was um, I think uh, 1984. Christmas coming up, Christmas '84. That was uh, recorded, and that programme went to air live, of course, on. That's 3 when they had the breakfast. demonstration on the steps and all that. Mm, right. That's right, yeah. Uh, and that was Terry's last day, and. Um, um, Terry's assistant or uh, Peter's assistant. I think he preferred to call them assistants rather than producers. So I remember talking to him one occasion. When I might they'd... take up that habit, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> My assistant, okay. Julian. <laughs> uh, okay.
1: She doesn't wear pink shoes.
2: <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Does she go to Christmas parties though? That she might. <laughs> right, so, so, righto. Um, no, I, I was going to say I think that was the end of um, '84 because Peter, of course, passed away in '85, um, and and that was typical of a drop-in of Peter's morning programme. Um, here at 3lo and i mean he had no qualms about um, you know what he said what he thought all the rest of it um, but the the next grab I'm going to play is a bit with Peter in hospital. And this is typical Peter Evans. But before we but before do that.
1: You do I want to ask you something, if you don't mind? Because there were two yep. genes, weren't there? And listeners might be able to help. There was Gene, who is his producer, whose name escapes me at the moment that's right yes. now, And that's terrible. I should remember well. Yes, I'm sorry. We should do that.
2: But yes. wasn't there another Gene in the record library yeah, he used a, to
1: refer to? All Gene the
2: time. in the record library who. Um, and they could, weren't the same person. And quite often, Gene in the record library would give him versions of things that he didn't like and um he never really said anything bad about Jean in the record library but he hinted at the fact that he wasn't very happy when he wanted a paul robson version of a song and she gave mm, her the game someone will be
1: listening and ring in and tell us about yes i hope Jean. so
2: yes yes um Anyhow, i interrupted you i'm sorry yeah i was just about to say i first met peter evans terry uh back around the table at lee murray's now people that are broadcasters will know lee murray as a a man who trained lots and lots of top radio broadcasters over the years and uh, died uh, early in the 80s. But uh, Peter and I sat around the table at Lee Murray's in the 50s. Uh, In other words, we both went to the same broadcast teacher. And uh, uh, Peter was a strange sort of guy. He came in from, he just sort of left the army and had a spate Mm -hmm. of not doing very much. And he decided he'd take up radio. He'd so, done
1: something in communications in the army, hadn't
2: he? Yes, um, he was a communication. I think what they called a communications officer in the no, army. I, that'll be modern terminology. It probably had its own equivalent term. Yes, it did yeah. And uh, about 1955, he decided he would enter radio. And I, as I said, I trained with him at Lee Murray's until 1956, which is when mid 1956 he joined the three XY when they were, in actual fact, were in the Princess Theatre building. Um, I don't know, a lot of people may not know it, but up until the late uh, 50s, 3XY shared the Princess Theatre building with the, with the theatre and the ghost, Fredrico, And Peter, in actual fact, he used to tell me stories about his uh, encounters with Fredrico, the ghost of the Princess Theatre. And maybe we should hold that for another time. But uh, Peter started off on the Midnight to Dawn program on 3XY. He'd never been to the country and, like a lot of other radio announcers, uh, go do their bit in the country and then come back to the city. But Peter did the Midnight to Dawns on 3XY. And uh, he did Midnight to Dawns for a long, long time. A person we had on a couple of weeks ago, Lenny Holmes did a series of programs with Peter. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, at 3X, right, 1am in the morning. And his name is Holmes, but Peter insisted on calling him Holmes because that's the way it was spelled, And Peter wasn't going to change that. And one interesting programme I heard that... um Um, And the story behind it is that they were playing a song, and it was 78 in those days, and Peter sort of said, oh, who's singing this? And Why did he want to know? He never pre-announced or post-announced records. No. He just played them. Lenny Holmes announced this, and Peter said, that's an interesting voice. So Peter stopped the record, lifted the pickup off, looked at the label, then put the pickup back on the record again while this was on air.
3: That's, well, you that's, hear
2: it. I read the, the rustle of the papers. Did you exactly, that, that? exactly. And that's pretty much what he was doing at XY. Of course, he behaved himself, um, can I put it this way, he was a bit more prim and proper when he was at 3XY because that was his first job in radio. And Peter did uh, the Midnight to Dawns on 3XY for something like about five or six years and to the point where I used to see Peter a lot because at that stage I was uh, closely tied up to 3XY a bit and I used to talk to Peter a lot and it reached the point where Peter had worked midnight to dawns for so long, he was getting virtually no sleep in the daytime. He would go home from uh, work toward the end of his reign on midnight to dawn to the next and sleep for about an hour. And in the end, he had to have hospital treatment because he um, um, he was getting these non-stop type migraine headaches. And Peter Jenny James, of course, was Jenny James, his, of course, uh, producer. Yes, known. of course, it was. Yeah. 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 And uh, so Peter, um, eventually, by doctor's orders, just had to get off the Midnight to Dawns. And 3XY at the time weren't prepared to give him a daytime spot because he was still the juvenile on the station, mm. still a young kid on the station that was gaining his experience on the Midnight to Dawn. So then he left there, of course, and turned up at the ABC as a general announcer. Yeah, that would announcer have been here. a big
1: jump then because there wasn't a lot of crossover from commercial radio into the ABC. The ABC Huge used jump. to like to train its own announcers and bring oh, them yes. up through its own ranks.
2: Well, yeah, you know, a lot of people uh, are... And, and, Peter Smith started off before the copyrights, started off as a cadet announcer here at the ABC. Yeah, and going that way was more common. Mm, You'd oh leave yes. the ABC and go into commercial oh, yes. radio or television, yes, but yes, not yes. the other way. No, around. no, no. I know it was a situation where they trained their own people here at Broadcast House, and people like Cliff, Cliff Glover, Keith Glover, sorry, uh, Tom Marsden, uh, people like that, and even. Dear old, um, the man that died, John Sloan, just recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sloan, used to teach a few of the cadet announcers too, because they, uh, but you see, there was an exception again, because John Sloan also started at 3XY mm. and came across here to, to the ABC, but Peter Evans, it was a bit of an exception, and Peter did some general announcing work at, here at 3LO, and uh, then eventually found himself on breakfast, and from when that. When did he begin breakfast about? You know, early sixties uh, and I can't give you a date I've tried to research that as a matter of fact and uh, I couldn't find any information on it anywhere but um, I was getting back to what I was saying before though with Peter and some of the things he did during the broadcast here on 3 lo and Peter was always a man that, that called a spade a spade I mean you, you knew exactly where you were coming from with Peter and he um, even to the last bit And this next bit I'm going to play which is sort of jumping a few years is with Peter and Terry Lane talked to him in hospital, he'd had his first heart attack and and Terry Lane talked to him and his philosophies here about life and about living and the way he felt about it all and the way he felt about being in hospital are just typically Peter
3: Evans. Oh yeah, I'm sure as long as they let me lie in bed. As soon as they come in and want me to exercise, I hate them. I, I, I've been trying to hide, they've all got all this equipment, I've been trying to hide it and they keep finding it. <laughs> but no doubt you've shown them how to do your press-ups anyway, just like you do every morning. Well, I haven't done that because I'm a bit dicky around it. I had to ask the doctor about those first. Uh, because, um, I mean, um, I mean, he'd look at me doing press-ups and he'd think, God, that man could never have had a he? Mm. And, uh, you know, the whole um, science of medicine would be turned upside down.
0: <laughs> Any clues beforehand?
3: No, uh, not a thing. Just got out of a hot bath, had a pain in the chest. I thought it was no war wound really, because there's a bullet in there somewhere, which is, you know, roaming around. Hasn't been, hasn't been taken out yet, so I thought, oh, it's going to come out, you know, I wonder where it's going to come out. But no, it was uh
0: But did you have any other warning signs before? No,
3: no, no nothing, nothing. I'd had a lot of emotional upsets, mm. put it like that, mm. to be serious. And... And as the doc said to me, this said he, pointing at his head, is mm. connected with this said he, pointing at his chest, mm. and I saw it was purely emotional,
0: mm.
3: the whole thing. Well, now you're feeling
0: better. Are you prepared to reveal what the real story is to all of this?
3: The real story? Mm. No, I can't do that. It's just that I had to clear the Evans name, mm. and uh, you know um, Winchester wouldn't approve. They were in touch this morning, <laughs> and so. But I have heard other little reports about where you really went. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
4: Well?
3: No, 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 I can't, I can't I have to, I have to remain true to the Queen. Mm. Otherwise, I'll never get that gone. <laughs> <laughs> and what about this um, out of Mongolia business? Oh, that, yes, well, that was, uh, that was something that came up at the time. You see, they couldn't find anyone who could ride a horse without a saddle. And use a whip at the same time, you see and drive slave girls. Well, I was pretty good at all that, thing. <laughs> <laughs> no one did you had a heart attack. So where did you really have the heart attack? <laughs> did so I ask the, you what That's the it? whole story. Yeah. But, but please impress upon your listeners that uh, no tragedy at all. I mean, I, I myself, if I go, I go. I'm a fatalist about these things. If I go, I go. If I don't, I don't. I mean, that's, uh, that's the only two answers, isn't it?
1: We had a caller ringing during the break, like telling us that was Michael Schilberger, but it wasn't, wasn't? No, it, it
2: wasn't. It was definitely Terry Lane because Peter referred to him as Terry yeah. in the start, the start of the interview. And uh,
1: his voice has changed a little since then. Mm. It mm. is what some
2: uh, <laughs> well, a long that, time ago. Dear, well, that so. would be um, pre eighty yeah. five, mid eighty five, because Peter passed away mid eighty uh, five. So that would be pre eighty um, five or the middle of eighty five. Um, so I would say we're looking at what nearly ten years ago.
1: And I should say, by the way, listeners who have got recollections or mm. memories or questions they want to share with us are welcome to join this uh, program on one three one seven seven four. Clark Sinclair with us in his I Heard It On The Wireless segment tonight looking at the uh, life and times of uh, Peter Evans. It's 22 minutes past nine. I-, I was writing what I said before, wasn't I? He had this sort of almost contempt for the music he used to play, play on yes. his own
2: program, although yes, you
1: I gather he also had very strong views about what he would and wouldn't play.
2: Yes he would. Uh, there's a lot of things that people used to ask him to play and he'd, he'd open the letters on air and sort of say oh, I'd like you to play so and so and Oh that rubbish? No I'm not going to play that. No. Uh. Um, and then, uh, but, but he played the strangest mix of music in his program. But I think uh, Wandering the King's Highway, the Peter Dawson recording, which is the the bit we opened with. or well, Peter Dawson generally. I mean, uh, he was obviously yes, a Dawson he, fan. He played a lot of Peter Dawson, yes. But I, I think the Wandering the King's Highway was undoubtedly his favourite song because, uh, I mean, just when you'd had enough of Wandering the King's Highway... You'd get the he'd Kerry Dancers. Well, <laughs> let's let's play the Kerry Dancers. And then, uh, you know, a couple of days later on, you'll say, oh, we'll play the King's Highway. We haven't played it for a long while. <laughs> <laughs> Typically, Peter Evans. I mean, the man had um, um, had really no respect for the bosses, no respect for authority, no respect uh, for a producer, which is why he called his producer an assistant. Um, he had a lot of respect for the technicians or the operators that used to work with him here. Because uh, they could take him off air in those days. Yes, exactly. These and days we've got satellites and switches
1: <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. Chris, you be careful. <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: So, I mean, that's, that's what it was. He, I mean, he always talked to his operators and I think he had a lot of respect for his operators and certainly a lot of time for his operators um, because he also knew, because part of Lee Murray's teaching in radio, uh, because this goes back to the days when we always had technicians in the control room mm. and we had panel operators in the control room, and Lee Murray's teaching was some make friends with the technicians, some they can take you off the air or they can make your volume and your voice sound weak. They always make friends with the technicians, Terry. I'm always very
0: kind <laughs> to the technicians.
2: <laughs> but, that, <laughs> but they don't like being called technicians the, anymore. Uh, that was, no, they're operators. Technical producers. Technical, mm, Technical producers. OK. Um, in, oh, yeah, make them feel important. That's well, good. in the days that Peter Evans worked at 3XY, they were turntable operators. Mm. And that's basically all they did, because there was there was a full-time technician in the control room, full-time engineer all the time in the control room.
1: Rather than simple adulation as a phenomenon in radio through the 60s and 70s, one of the things that characterised Evans, it seems to me, is that he was doing personality radio before the concept had really been invented.
2: Well, interesting thought uh, about that, Terry, because I actually looked up, uh, as I said, Peter passed away in 85, mid-85, and Peter didn't hit radio until uh, very early in 87 or maybe late 86. No, 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 not 87, 86. Sorry, uh, 50, yeah, I'm talking about. Sorry, Mark. Apologise that. Yeah, Apologize, eh? uh, yeah uh, 56, 57 was Peter's first, because he worked as a casual announcer at 3XY before he came, became full-time. Yeah. Now, the interesting point about it is in, in um, September 1956... Uh, a man, a gentleman called Cliff Nichols, Nicky, uh, uh, to known as in Nicky and Graham. Nicky and Graham, yeah. yeah. Now, Nicky was the same sort of operator. Nicky worked exactly the same way. Peter Evans could almost have been a follow on from Nicky, but to my knowledge, I don't think Peter ever listened to Nicky on the radio because Nicky passed away just before Peter entered, entered radio. So I would doubt that Peter would have listened to Nicky. So it's just a strange situation that Nicky was the best at it. That just sort of casually sitting there, reading through the commercials, sort of saying, oh, I've got a lot of commercials now, oh, I wish we didn't have to do all of these, mm. oh, isn't this awful? Oh, Graham, why don't we play them all three at once and get them all over with, all this sort of stuff. And that's basically, Peter followed on in that sort of mould, the Nicky mould, and, and to my knowledge, they're the only two that have ever been able to do it successfully to, to that degree in, in radio. We've got a few callers. Okay. Me to join us, Clark, John from St Kilda, good evening.
0: Yes, Terry, good evening. Uh, That chap that you're talking to there... um,
1: That chap that I'm uh, talking to is the well-known and wonderful Clark Sinclair. It's
0: Clark Sinclair, is it? Oh, good, I've never heard of him, but never mind. Goodness
2: Um, me, John, and we live in the same suburb. How about that?
0: uh, Yeah, yeah. You mustn't listen to Uh, 3OWS, But look, with Peter, uh, that person that was talking to him in the hospital, that was Michael Schulberger.
2: No, I beg to differ there, John. It was definitely Terry Lane.
0: Well, look, I I will lay...
2: Unless he changed his name.
0: (laughs) I I will lay my house on
2: it. Okay, lay your house, John. But
1: uh, it is true that uh, in the course of the interview, uh, Peter calls the person Terry. Terry, yes. So uh, unless he was that sick that he didn't realise, we'll uh, take it as is. Test from Q, good evening. And according to the information on the tape...
2: uh,
4: Hello, Terry.
1: Hello, Tess, how are you? Oh,
4: look, thank you. This is marvellous, this program. I spoke to Terry Lane at a book launching of his uh, late last year and said one of the things I miss most on the radio now was his preamble with uh, Pete Evans before the uh, 745 news. It was just marvellous, the ad lib that went on there. And... Um, uh, Terry said there was very, very little uh, that had been recorded because no-one expected uh, Peter to die. So I'm madly taping this because... Well,
1: no, 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 you're not. Tess, I don't, you wouldn't do that, would you? <laughs> no,
4: no, 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 I wouldn't, would I? But anyway... There's
1: it, a few more segments to come, Tess, so uh, if you were going to tape it, you would keep your tape recorder running.
4: That's right. And just quickly, there's, there were some wonderful tributes to Peter uh, in John Reed's Poet's Corner, some yes, of which have yes. been published. Uh, one yes which I wrote. (laughs) Oh, Goodman. Yeah, and um, um, I know he had, you know, a wonderful following and was certainly a unique character and hasn't been replaced. (laughs) I'll
1: tell you who's online. Thanks, Tess. I'll tell you who's online now, Clark. Dave Stewart, who was one of Peter's operators. Good evening, Dave. Thanks for ringing in. Oh,
4: good day, Terry. How are you going? Well, thank you. Yes, no,
0: I sort of uh, worked with him. Must have been in the um, mid-70s, I guess. I used to sort of fill in uh, when Jonesy was on holidays or, or off sick or something like that. And it was certainly, um, well, it was certainly one, one off sort of person. The way his uh, his radio style.
2: I presume too, Dave. But he didn't plan anything. He just sat there and did it.
0: It was totally off the cuff. Mm, mm. And uh, if he didn't like a song in the middle of it, he just pulled the up off. Yep. And, and, and
2: not even gently. That
1: was the problem, Dave. That's right. It had come scraping off.
0: <laughs> but that was part of the uh, the appeal of the whole thing, I think, that it was so um, um, unplanned and and sort mm. went ahead.
1: Yes. How did the management at that time, which in the time you're working, Dave, would have been (laughs) the fairly formal old ABC management, both in your department, in the BTD type departments and, you know, in the on-air studio supervisor area too, how did they cope with him?
0: Well, I remember they used to always listen to it on their car radios coming into work. And in the foyer there, they'd be saying, oh, Evan said this and Evan said that. And he'd often send up people in the management um, who, if you you worked in a place, you'd realize who they were. I don't know what the, the average listener thought, But um, on days off, you'd listen and he'd be sending somebody up or or carrying on about, uh, you know, works or things around the place or the local gossip. And they used to come in and and quite often um, you'd just hear them uh, talking about that. that, Oh, Evans has done this and and blamed such and such happening, you know, by so so and so. And uh, I think they did take notice, but he was such an institution.
1: By um, that stage, yeah.
0: they, They couldn't really touch him, yeah.
2: Right. Interesting you mentioned that, A eh, Terry, Dave? Um, can we just play another bit now, Terry, which ties into what David was just saying about Peter and the management here at 3 L O at the time?
3: Right, 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 right. And they're having a meeting today, are they? Do they have a meeting yesterday? And they'll have a meeting tomorrow, and the next day, and the next. Well, I mean, they've got to do something, haven't they? It's like putting a a testing device in the studio for the air conditioning. It doesn't fix anything, but they're doing something. Looks good on a minute, you see. Let's go and have breakfast at the Hilton International. I believe it's very good, and we can get it off petty cash. Some of our bosses go there, you know, for their meetings. Uh, One of... (laughs) One said to me, the other day, I'm going to the Hilton for breakfast so that I can get some work done. <laughs> well, as soon as he comes in here, the phones start to ring and he can't get any work done. Cool, I thought this was for me. It says, New man at top for ABC. And I thought, ah, at last they have come to the party. And I see it's another new position created. I thought we, um, we were, um, uh, weren't we going to half the staff or get rid of all those positions? They keep creating new ones. Does it mean that us at the bottom here have to quake in our shoes, do we? Hmm. Well, I suppose they've got to put people somewhere. Use different tactics with higher-ups. Oh, does that mean I've got to suck up to them? Gain that promotion that means much to you. Do you think they'd make a position for me in Sydney? you think they'd make one for me, a new position? Hmm. Like advisor to the president or something, or um, the chief's uh, memo carrier, or someone like that. Hmm. Now is the right time to go ahead much faster. <laughs> uh, perhaps it's the best place, and the best time to apply for a lighthouse position.
2: What year was that? <laughs> <laughs> that goes back to about 1978, 79. Oh, I thought it was much more recent. <laughs> no, 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 no. It still happened then. And, it, I mean, the other thing with that, uh, Terry, as you could hear there, he had no problems about heating off at management and, and so on and, um, because nothing seemed to worry him. I, I think his attitude was, oh, well, if I get there, I'll go and become a lighthouse keeper. Barry from Camberwell, good evening.
0: Uh, yeah, because I I, I verified that. I remember um, driving down from Horsham, uh, listening to that uh, little bit.
1: That little bit we just played.
0: A uh, little bit you played, right? Uh, and uh, very fond memories of it. Uh, many others. Uh, there was one occasion where uh, Sydney, the uh, Sydney announcer, didn't turn up, and uh, the comment from Peter was that uh, Sydney is closed, and they have a Melbourne announcer. <laughs> Which he was going through to Sydney at that stage.
2: Now that's very interesting because that's something I didn't know. But I mean, obviously, uh, they—I I think it was probably a, a tryout for Peter in Sydney. But by oh, gee, I don't think they'd have liked him in Sydney too much. Eric from Ivanhoe, good evening. <laughs> oh
0: yes, good evening. One of the things I remember about Peter was uh, him talking about Neva, in that uh, my son was born a few months after Neva. And it was interesting that... Um,
1: Never was his daughter, was it, Eric? Yeah. Yeah, right. uh, Sorry, Clark, and,
0: uh, I didn't we, Everything that happened to my son uh, was happening to Peter a few months before, so we were getting a bit of warning as to what was going to happen. And uh, it was absolutely uncanny, um, all the things that uh, children do and the problems they got into and... Um, how everything that happened to Neva seemed to happen to us
1: a few months later, because mm. she was the idol of his life, and there was a fair yeah. bit of emotional tragedy towards the end of his life yes, related to his family There
2: kids. was actually, um, well, I don't know whether we can. No, 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 no need to. But he no. was, he was unhappy, But there was it? a sad times there for Peter at the end because Peter was one of these people uh, that once he had your confidence and once he talked to you, he'd be a friend forever. I saw him uh, because once he left X Y and sort of our paths didn't cross at all. But I met him early in the eighties again somewhere, and um, yeah, we still talked as if we'd talked uh, twenty years previous.
1: Uh, a caller rang in to say that they believe Peter's program may have been national on the ABC before about 1967 and that's when it was localised in Melbourne. Does that ring a bell?
2: No, it doesn't. I would be very surprised if that were the case. I'd uh, be surprised if we had... To... And oh, unless on. he was doing another program. Who's telling us it? Put Who's their... telling us, yes. Neil Woods, Hobbs, Neil Hobbs. Neil Hobbs would probably know. Right, okay. That's right, Neil. Yes, he's nodding. Right. So apparently that's good okay. one.
1: I I learn a bit every day.
2: Well, that's something I didn't know because I would have thought in latter years he was too Melbourne for Sydney. Yeah, but maybe in earlier years Mm, he was. Of course, yeah. Well, from Endeavour Hills, good evening. I remember many, many beautiful things about Peter Evans, but I think the one that uh, amused me most was one morning on the radio, because the weather
0: wasn't uh, terribly brilliant, Uh, Peter said, uh, today has been (laughs) cancelled.
2: Yes, I remember hearing that.
0: Many, many people called in and... uh, they may have been more of the aged group and said, "Has today really been cancelled? <laughs> no, he was a brilliant man. Thanks, thanks, thanks for that.
1: that uh, my uh, favourite story was about the uh, there was a union dispute on about whether light rail vehicles, you know, those articulated mm, trams, yes. were trams or trains. I'm mean, having a fight over who was going to drive them. A, that's and right. Yeah. And his solution to the problem of working out what they were was to uh, take five of them at the end of the East Burwood line, or its equivalent at the time, and start them off at five-minute intervals from one another. Mm. And if they all arrived at the other end together, they were trams, and if none arrived, they were trains.
2: Yes, that's (laughs) a good philosophy to me. Ron from Wood End. Interesting, our friend was just saying about uh, today's been cancelled. That was the only time I think I've ever known of knowing that Peter really got a rap over the knuckles from management because it's caused such a concern with listeners and, and their switchboards oh, yeah. were jammed for hours. Ron from End, good evening.
0: Yes, well, it's interesting talking before about uh, he, he wasn't the East Coast because the first time I heard Peter Evans was in Sydney and he wasn't wasn't just an in involvement phenomenon, he was a Sydney phenomenon. Oh, really? I, re- I remember being at the station in St Lands and were seeing something I found rather amusing was that, uh, that he always had a photo of him but much younger than he was mm. at the time. We all do that. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and that was one of these things. And, uh, and uh, when I came to Melbourne, uh, uh, you know, it was interesting. Uh, that the, the, One of the songs he used to love to play was There Is a Light Across the Bay by Conrad Veidt.
2: Conrad Veidt, yes. Lighthouse Shines Across the Bay.
0: Yes. Mm. And, 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 uh, and I used to like, now in the morning, I used to wake up to, uh, in those days, the radio wasn't all night, and, and yeah. uh, he'd wake you up in the morning.